0: You are listening to an audio recording of my book, Wanderlost. If you would like to read it for yourself, it is available to read on Wattpad.com. Chapter 1 Every story starts with a hello. The character meets someone, or they start at a new school, or they move to a new place. Even if they are saying goodbye, there is a hello that follows. One door closes. Another one opens. Ever since I could read, I became obsessed with beginnings. I would sit in the bookstore for hours just reading the first few chapters of a book. You have the mystery of meeting new people and figuring out the conflict. It's all new and exciting. You don't really know what to expect. The rest of the book is all the same. You know the characters. You know how the story will end without having to read it. The guy gets the girl, good defeats evil, the character learns his lesson. It's all very predictable. But beginnings, beginnings aren't predictable. I searched for my beginning since my obsession. At six years old, I thought I found it. I had ruled out birth since that was stereotypical and I didn't remember that at all. I ruled out the first day of school because I hated it. I didn't want to hate the beginning of my story. So, I figured the beginning of my story was when I met April Cameron. Our cul-de-sac was practically brand new. There were a few empty lots surrounded by newly built, cheap American houses. The house right across from mine was getting its final coat of paint when a blue-gray van pulled up in front of the house. At this time, I was supposed to be helping my mom with chores but instead I was sitting on the front porch flipping through a stack of children's books. I looked up from, if you give a mouse a cookie, to see a girl about my age with strawberry blonde hair jump out of the car. She ran up to one of the painters, immediately asking what it was like to paint a house. I watched her for a little while, hoping I'd get to know more of who she was just by looking. She ran back to her parents after the man moved his ladder, She pulled at her mother's hand as her father unhooked an infant car seat and carried it up the driveway. Her mom let go of her hand halfway up the driveway then turned to kiss her husband. The girl stood there very impatient till she caught me looking at her. It was one of those cheesy movie moments where the two people just stare at each other for what seems like hours when it's really only a few seconds. I looked at her and she looked at me both secretly trying to figure out each other's story. Of course, we were only six, but I like to think of it that way. She followed her parents inside after finally breaking our stare. From that moment on, I felt like my story had begun. A few days later, a moving van came to the house, then an appliance truck and a mail truck. People came to the house, but no one came out. It was a whole week till I saw the girl again. My parents decided to bring them some of our famous pumpkin bread. I joined them with my twin siblings tagging along. I remember feeling extremely nervous walking up to the driveway. My father knocked heavily on the wooden door. I held my breath, waiting for someone to open it. Finally, the father opened the door, with his wife scooping their baby girl off the hardwood floor. I peered around my father, looking for the girl, but she was nowhere. "'Hello,' my parents said, introducing themselves. "'The mother complained about the messy house, "'instructing us to sit outside instead. "'April!' the mom shouted behind her. "'Coming!' I heard a voice say. "'My parents followed the dad down the porch steps, "'but I stayed near the doorway. "'Just as the mom was about to nudge me off the porch, "'I saw the girl run down the stairs, "'jumping down to the floor "'after skipping the bottom two steps.' "'Hi,' she said as soon as she saw me. "'I saw some cool rocks and flowers next to your house. "'Wanna go see?' she asked as she sprinted out the door. "'Please go,' her mother pleaded. "'She's been waiting all day to go.' "'The girl grabbed my hand and ran down the driveway and across the street. "'We explored and played in the plot of land all day. "'I gathered rocks and sticks till they were too much to carry.' April turned her sweatshirt into a little basket to put her flowers in. After a while of exploring, we sat down in a concrete pipe at the end of what would become our subdivision. I didn't know this was here, I told her, looking around the pipe. It was just concrete, but still, at six years old, it fascinated me. It's cool, huh? she asked, taking a granola bar out of her pocket. I was jealous. We hadn't eaten lunch yet, so I was getting very hungry. You're smart to bring a snack, I said, still eyeing her granola bar. Yep, was all she said. She took one last bite of the granola bar, then gave the rest to me. I took it happily, finishing it off in two bites. April pushed herself farther into the concrete tube so she could sit crisscross applesauce. I shoved the wrapper into my pocket and looked around. How far are we from home? I asked. A million miles. I turned around and stared at her with wide eyes. We are not, I protested. A million miles is like to the moon. So, she asked, folding her arms. I can see my house. We're not a million miles away. But what if we were? April asked. She looked out at the empty lots dreamily, imagining she was somewhere far, far away. Then my mom and dad would come find me. Yours too, I told her. I didn't like the idea of being a million miles away. Only my mom would. Why not your dad, I asked. I don't know, I just feel like only my mom would. We sat there in silence. This girl was fantastic and mysterious. She was so different from anyone I ever met. We became best friends, Practically inseparable for years. We'd play in the rain, build snow forts, make up games. Our families would go camping during the summer. We'd go to the community pool for days on end. We went to the same kindergarten, but we were in separate classes. During lunch, we'd always meet up under the willow tree in the playground or by the water fountain to eat together. Sometimes she would have soccer practice after school, so we'd only see each other once a day. The day before the first day of third grade, we sat on her front porch, watching her little sister Molly run around the yard with her little watering can. I have Mrs. Wheeler. Who do you have? She asked. I could see an anxious look in her eyes, but her body stayed calm. I didn't want to answer her question. Mrs. Benovan, I looked down at the pile of rocks Molly gave me. I started to throw them back with the other rocks. That's really her name? April asked me. I looked at her, a little surprised. I was expecting her to rant about not being in class with me. Yeah, that's her name, I replied. Benevin, April repeated. Like bean vine. I laughed, forgetting any disappointment I had about not being in April's class. I'm not going to call her that. I know you won't, April said, taking one of the rocks from my pile. I will. She stood up before I could say anything else. No, you won't, I shouted. She pretended to ignore me. I ran after her. You'll get in trouble. So, she asked, filling her sister's pail with more water. They'll call your parents. My mom will think it's funny and my dad won't care, she explained. I mumbled under my breath. I'd get in so much trouble. I'll be a legend, she said, spraying water in the air. I grabbed the hose from her and ran, soaking myself and everything in my path. That was the last summer we ever saw each other. We slowly grew apart, making friends in our separate classes. I often looked out the window of our classroom door to try and look for her. This kid, Zach, who sat next to me, became my first distraction from April... You're weird, you know that? Zach told me one day on our way home from school. He was the only one who tolerated my bad habit of daydreaming. Yeah, and you're a nuthead, I retorted. Zach was the class clown. Okay, whatever you say, he answered, shoving his granola bar trash into my shirt. Ew, I don't want that, I shouted, and threw it back, totally missing. That's why I gave it to you. He chased me all the way back to my house. We almost ran into my parents in the front yard. Sorry, mom, I yelled, whizzing past them. Come back, Zach shouted. He stopped abruptly in front of my parents. Hello, Mrs. and Mr. Scott. Then he turned on his heel and pushed open the slightly closing door. We raced downstairs and collapsed on the couch. It's still your wrapper, I stated, panting for breath. You're still a weirdo, Zach said, stuffing it into his pants pocket. We began our Friday after-school ritual with a box of chocolate milk and a game of cop chase on the Xbox. We were halfway through a time challenge when I heard my parents whispering at the top of the stairwell. Slowly, they made their way down. "'Hey, boys?' my mom asked. We kept our eyes trained on the screen. "'Yeah?' we asked in perfect unison. "'Can you pause the game for a bit?' Zach hit the home button on his remote causing the game to pause. We both looked at my parents. Ryder, you know how we brought dinner to April's family last week? Because her mom was sick? My dad asked. I nodded my head. Is she better? No, my mom answered. They're moving after the funeral. It took a while for my nine-year-old brain to understand what my mom was trying to say. I just stood there for a while trying to figure out how I felt about it all. Out of state? I asked my mom. We don't know, my dad answered. I sat down on the couch, soaking it all in. April was moving. Her mom was gone. And I didn't know how to feel. We just thought you should know, my mom said, then led my dad back upstairs. Zach pressed play on the controller. I half paid attention to the game. I couldn't stop thinking about April and her family. I didn't know if I could call her or go over to her house. We used to be such good friends. I felt like I needed to do something, but we hadn't seen each other in so long. So what are you going to do? Zach asked me, swerving around a bunch of roadblocks in the game. I don't know. Zach just nodded his head. A few days later, I heard my brother and sister squealing about a truck downstairs. I yelled at them from the kitchen, telling them to be quiet. They were quiet for about 20 seconds, then they started shouting again. I decided to get up and see what the fuss was about. We stood by the dining room windows, looking out at the front yard. Sure enough, there was a truck. A moving truck. A bunch of strange men were putting furniture and boxes into the truck they're really moving, I mumbled under my breath. My mom came into the room and let my siblings outside so they could watch the truck. I stood in the dining room, afraid to go outside, but still wanting to watch. You want to go outside, bud? My dad asked, placing a hand on my shoulder. Still staring at the truck, I shook my head. Okay, they'll be moving all day anyway, he mentioned. I stood there for a few more minutes, Eventually, I turned around and continued on with my day. Around four o'clock, the neighborhood echoed with a loud rumble from the moving truck. I followed my siblings to the front porch to watch the truck. My mom and dad sat with them on the front porch. I just stood in the doorway, wishing with all my might the truck wouldn't drive away. A few seconds later, it did, revealing a little girl standing on the sidewalk watching it roll away. Her sister stood behind her, holding her hand. The little girl used her free hand to wave to the truck. The sister picked up the little girl and carried her to the van parked in the driveway, then turned around. That's when she finally caught my eye. We stared at each other for what seemed like several minutes, when in reality it was probably much shorter. It reminded me of the day I first saw her, when she first moved in. she had a bright smile and eyes full of curiosity. But her face had changed. She was a little older and didn't seem like her bubbly old self anymore. Without any prompting, without saying a word to each other, we ran to the middle of the street and gave each other one of the biggest hugs a nine-year-old can give. We didn't say anything. We didn't need to. We just hugged, then broke apart. I wanted to say something, something like, it's okay, or I'll miss you, or even goodbye. But nothing came out. We just walked away. She climbed into the van with her dad, shutting the sliding door behind her. I watched as the van pulled out to the driveway and drove all the way down the street. Once I couldn't see it anymore, I went into the house and shut the door. I felt like my story had ended. It ended as a tragedy, as a novel that feels you leaving empty. I found my parents getting ready to make dinner. Writer? My mom asked, automatically sensing my mood. I never said goodbye, I realized. My mom ran over to me and hugged me. Oh honey, she said sympathetically. She didn't know I got to hug April goodbye. She just knew I didn't say anything. Which is true, we we didn't say anything. So in my mind, it wasn't a real goodbye. The story hadn't ended. Maybe it was just the beginning.